This is episode 23 with Rob Dial. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. Hey, hey, men of abundance. Today we are talking with another awesome influencer and abundant leader within our community, Rob Dial. And before we get into that, again, I want to share with you how excited I am at the time that you're listening to this podcast. It is Friday and I am on the Big Island with my family. And if you care to follow what it is that we're doing over here on the Big Island, then go to my Facebook page and watch our live video feed or you can watch the live video feed on a playback at menofabundance.com blog because my Facebook live video automatically posts to my blog at menofabundance.com. And if you're also on Instagram or Snapchat, I will also be recording a storyline as we go through our day and through our activities while we're on the Big Island. So you can follow us over there as well. You can follow me on Instagram at Wally underscore Carmichael. That's C-A-R-M-I-C-H-A-E-L. And on Snapchat at Wally Carmichael. And one last thing before I introduce you to Rob. I want to hear what abundant things you're doing in your family, your community, or whatever it is that you're doing in life. I know you're out there doing very abundant things and I want to hear everything that you're doing. I would love to have this conversation with you on our private Facebook community. That just seems to be the best place to have a conversation so that everybody can get engaged and get involved. And you can go to the show notes of this show at menofabundance.com forward slash 023. Click on the link that says join the community or get involved in the conversation. There's a link there that you can click on. It will take you directly to the Facebook community. And all you have to do is click on the green button and I will give you access. Or if you're already on Facebook, just search on Facebook, Men of Abundance Free Community. Do the same thing. Click on the green button and I'll give you access and we can start the conversation there. Share anything that you're doing in your community, anything you're doing that's of abundance mindset to show others how easy it is to live an abundant lifestyle. Our guest today, Rob Dial, started in sales at the young age of 19. He was promoted to run a franchise with the company at 21 and grew it to a multi-million dollar business. He broke almost every record for a new office in the company's 60-year history. Rob has since moved on to do consulting for Fortune 500 companies on their workforce and training and how they can improve both. At the age of 23, Rob started his second seven-figure business. And currently, Rob is the podcast host and runs MWF Motivation Podcast, one of the fastest-growing podcasts on iTunes. It hit number one in six categories on a new and noteworthy, including self-help and business. I really enjoyed this conversation with Rob, and it kind of took me back to my childhood because both of our childhoods were very similar. And of course, today, we are very like-minded. Rob, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Man, it's about time. It's been a while. We, uh, we've been talking about getting you on the show for quite a while. And, you know, every time it seems like every time I talk to somebody else, I was just talking to a guy two days ago, and he was talking about something else entirely. We were talking business and whatnot. And mm-hmm. he's like, hey, by the way, is it okay if I friend you on Facebook? I was like, yeah, absolutely. I love, you know, communicating with, with uh, like-minded people. And as soon as he jumps on, he's like, oh, you know Rob Dial. I said, yeah, as a matter of oh, fact, really? he's going to be on the show next week. And, uh, you know, so we all, we have the same circles. 
yeah. all of us that are you know moving and grooving man yeah absolutely it's it's funny how small the world is once you start getting into uh very motivated positive entrepreneurs and stuff and it's an amazing world I completely agree. I love everyone I get the chance to talk to, that's for sure. Before we got started with the show here, I talked a little bit about you, mostly good, uh, from what I, I know about so. you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was all good, man. It was all good. But um, I want to hear a little bit more from you and get a little bit more personal in what you're doing and kind of work up to where we're going to be, what we're going to be talking about today. Okay. So a um, little bit about me. I uh, had a little bit of a rough childhood, um, not the most... Uh, not, the, not the childhood every kid would wish for, but it was uh, the best learning experience for me. Um, I'm grateful for the, 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 the childhood that wasn't the greatest uh, because it taught me a lot, made me the person that I am. I uh, started selling Cutco knives in people's houses when I was 15. Uh, by the time I was done five years, I left five years after being in the company for five years. Um, I had trained over 2,000 sales reps on how to sell Cutco. Uh, so I went from being a rep to myself, myself to actually going and became, becoming a trainer, having my own office at the company. Um, totaled about $5.6 million in Cutco sales. Um, and then the, the thing that I loved about it was it was personal growth. It was driving. It was pushing. It was challenging. It was hard to do, but it was one of the best experiences of my life. And then left and went into the corporate world and was in the corporate world for five years and hated it because um, I was making a ton of money, which is, you know, obviously I didn't hate that part, but I felt like I was, you know, everybody in the corporate world is just slowly waiting to die is what it feels like. And that was a complete contrast from, you know, what Cutco was, where it was just like, everyone's positive, everyone's motivated, everyone wants to grow. And, you know, it was easy for me to do well um, in the corporate world because nobody else is motivated. And, what happened though is I lost my drive uh, that I had when I was, you know, a Cutco sales rep and manager. And losing that drive was one of the things that really made me feel like I was not progressing anymore. And then one day, I was uh, sitting in Jason's Deli, which is a food chain, and I was there with my girlfriend. And I just saw a bunch of people that looked like zombies all around me, and they were just, you know, fat people that looked depressed and were feeding crappy food to their kids and they were eat, shoveling crappy food in their mouths and just, it just, it was, just, I don't even know what it was, but it was just like, I, I got fed up and I was like, you know what, I'm going to start a podcast. I learned a lot of stuff in Cutco um, that most people don't even know exists of how to change your mind, how to change your future, how to do all of these things. And so I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to learn about starting a podcast. And uh, in, uh, let me see in about a week it will be one year that it's been open um, and been running and it's at about a million downloads in its first year and uh, it's just it's just taking off because a lot of people have never really heard this type of stuff they've heard very little on personal growth or self-development they think that it's you know it sounds like a weird thing if you're just if from the outside looking in it sounds weird but then when you get in this circle of people who are motivated and developing themselves and working hard um, you find that you can really change your life if you change your mind first. And, and people always try to fix their own problems by making the outside world better. We know so many people that are successful, super successful, but miserable. And the reason why is because they think that by making their outside world and you know mastering that, becoming number one in their field and buying all of these things and acquiring a lot of houses or money or women or whatever it might be is going to make them happy. But you can't change your outside world and expect your inside world to change. It doesn't work that way. And so what I've realized is you have to change your inside world and your outside world will start to change as well. That's the only way it can be done. So um, so that's it's my number one thing I'm focused on is personal growth. And, uh, and that's, uh, you know, now I do uh, group coaching and I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. And uh, I honestly hate the phrase life coach and motivational speaker and all those things because I think they have a, a terrible connotation with them. And, you know, I don't view myself as that. 
Um, I just really want to help people the way that I was able to learn to help myself over the past 10 years because I get into personal growth wanting to better myself and, and figure out why you know, I was troubled with all the things from my childhood. And so I just want to start teaching people the, the same thing that's worked for me. Yeah, we're going to definitely get into some of that because I have my opinion on, on mm-hmm. some of that as well. The uh, life coaching and motivational speaking and mm-hmm. and all this type of stuff. I definitely want to get into that. But before we do, and I told you before the show, and Men of Abundance, just before uh, Rob and I started talking, we were talking about following our list. And I have a list of things I have to do to make sure this show goes perfectly right. Mm-hmm. And one of them is to make sure I'm using the right mic and I have my headset in. And I just recently changed something in the show that those of you who have been listening from the beginning know that I'm wanting to start each show uh, the way I start my day, which is with an attitude of gratitude. But I didn't follow my list, and I just went on what felt normal because that's what I've been doing over the last (laughs) couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And I failed to ask you, Rob, Rob, Mm -hmm. uh, what are you grateful for today? Um, I'm grateful for the fact that I woke up. I think that most people, you know, they, they look for something they have to be grateful for, you know, and they have to, they feel like they have to have a great relationship or they have to have a new house or a materialistic thing. Um, you know, I was, I was, and I use these words the correct way. This is the way I feel it. I was lucky enough to have my father pass away when I was younger. It's the worst thing that ever happened to me. It's the best thing that ever happened to me. But it made me realize, because he was the first person that I ever knew that passed away, made me realize that death is a real thing. And I think most people live their lives as if they have a, this is a practice round and they get a second at bat. Um, but I have the very visceral feeling that I'm going to die one day. And so the fact that I woke up today, um, something I started doing about six months ago was just practicing waking up and being excited for no reason, like just waking up and being excited uh, because we, we don't need a reason to be depressed and people don't need a reason to be sad and to, you know, just kind of slowly get through their day. Um, so I don't think that I need a reason to be excited and happy and motivated every single day. So that's what I practice every morning. And, you know, I I practice gratitude and every morning I wake up and I hear that alarm and it went from, you know, crap another day and waking up like most people do is just pulling myself out of bed to when I hear my alarm, I never hit snooze. And, uh, I'm just excited the fact that I woke up today because a lot, a lot, a lot of people not wake up today. Very good point. Very good point. It's something so simple as well. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to get into a little bit about what your podcast is about because I mm-hmm. listen to your podcast. There's few podcasts that I listen to on a regular basis simply because I don't have the time. So I'm very selective mm-hmm. about where I spend my time. But I do listen to your podcast. It's, mm-hmm. one, it's one that stays on my list of episodes that I, of podcasts that I listen to. And we'll get into that. But awesome. in the process of, and you mentioned some of it coming along and your dad passing. At, at, how old were you when your dad passed? Uh, I was 15. Yeah, I was pretty young. I wasn't that young, but I was young uh, when my father passed as well, and I was in another country at the mm. time, so I had to get home. So I definitely sympathize with that. And um, so along the way, you've had some kick-in-the-gut moments, some other kick-in-the-gut moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like for you to share that with us in anywhere along your journey. Yeah, so, my, so the easiest way, and I used to not be open about any of this stuff until about five or six years ago um, because I felt that if I was vulnerable that it would show that I was weak. But what I've come to realize is that vulnerability people view, if I'm vulnerable, people view it as a sign of strength and courageousness. And so um, what happened with me, just to kind of give you an idea, was my father was an alcoholic. Uh, My entire life I don't have a memory of him not being an alcoholic. Uh, that I can, yeah, I can't, I honestly can't remember any of it. My parents got divorced when I was nine, uh, nine or 10 years old. And then, uh, you know, he was in my life pretty, 
pretty frequently is in my life, but he was an alcoholic all the time. And, and then he passed away from liver failure when I was 15. And, uh, there was a, there was a lot of time that he, the whole time he was alive and he'd show up to my baseball games when I was a little kid drunk and take me to boy scouts and he would be drunk on the boy scout trips. And, you know, I remember one time he was so drunk, he couldn't even put the tent up and I had to put the tent up while he laid down outside the tent. And, you know, I remember just being super embarrassed by the fact that he was alive and I had to go through all of these things as a, you know, eight or nine, 10 year old boy. Um, but what I've come to realize is, is, you know, I don't resent him anymore. There's no, there's actually no part of me at all that resents him, uh, or the path that he cho- chose because it made me who I am. Um, and I think that's a very, you know, stereotypical way of saying it. Uh, but it's true because, you know, if I'm going to hate him for all of the things that he did, I'm also going to love him for the the things that he did as well, which is instilled drive in me. And the reason why I can wake up and work 12 or 15 hours a day um, trying to help other people is because I want to, I, I've suffered enough, I feel like, and I've, I figured out ways to get myself past suffering. And my drive is to get people past their suffering a lot quicker than I was able to. So to share tactics with them through my podcast or through my coaching or some sort of way um, is is what I'm driven to do. And it's what makes me wake up every single morning and, and, and drives me. Like it's it literally is what puts me in a good mood and gives me energy every single day. So that's that's kind of my background. And if you want to dive into it, we definitely can. But, you know, it was uh, an alcoholic father and a mother who had to work three jobs and barely get by that kind of you know, shaped my worldview and the way I see everything. It's amazing listening to you say that because that was my normal growing up. Yeah, that was my normal. And it was just normal to me for my dad to be drunk. I mean, he would wake up. I don't remember. My dad was never, never had a hangover, but he would wake up and, and grab a beer. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was just normal growing up. And I I can definitely relate to that without a doubt. So Mm -hmm. what was the pivot point that kind of changed your course and get into what you're doing now. So what happened was I, I didn't realize why I was so driven when I was a Cutco sales rep and a manager and all of these things. And, um, I was so driven to the point where I was, I, I had to be number one. I was okay working 110 hours a week if I needed to, uh, for a couple of years. And, uh, and then I got into the corporate world and I was just, it was like I said, I was just fed up and there was one point where, and this was November of last year, I, I was making, my base salary was over six figures plus commission on top of it. And I was making the most money I've ever made, working the least amount of hours that I've ever worked, but feeling the most unfulfilled that I've ever felt. Uh, I never had more money in my bank account. I had tons of money. I had everything that people would, you know, I bought a new house, all of these things, everything that people would think that you would want or what looks from the outside looking in like just an amazing life and I was just on the right track. But there was no fulfillment. Money, the money is just a hollow thing. There's no fulfillment in just acquiring digits in my bank account. And so I hit the point where it was just like, and I think it's the most beautiful thing where someone hits a point where it's just enough is enough and they're not going to take it anymore. I think it's the reason why we love movies like The Pursuit of Happiness is because we can watch someone hit like their rock bottom and we can see somebody who, who makes the decision that says where I am right now is not acceptable anymore. This is not what my life is supposed to be. And within an instant, they make a change. They make a decision that changed their entire life. And that's, that's what happened with me last November. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Uh, my company, I decided to split. And I was like, I'm going to go 100%. You know, I still have other companies that I work, you know, that I own as well. But my main thing is that I'm just trying to build my personal brand um, as large as I possibly can just to affect as many people as possible. And it's not, none of it has ever been. Um, I have zero um, 
you know, in my, my podcast is about to hit a million downloads in its first year. I have zero advertisers. There's ne- it's never been about money. And when I first started the podcast, people were like, well, how are you going to monetize? And people always ask, how do you monetize and all these things? And I'm like, listen, that's never been a focus. My focus is just to try to end suffering as much as I possibly can. And so that was the moment where I just hit it. And I was like, well, at that point in time, I was 29 years old. And I was like, I'm 29. It's either I do it now or I never do it, I felt like. And, uh, and I still have years where I can build up and become better. And uh, I, I just hit a wall and I was like, enough is enough. I'm done with this. I quit my job, you know, and I, and I didn't have a safety net at all. You know, I have a, a money and savings, which was great for me and all of these things. But it was just like, I didn't have a safety net, but I knew if I jumped, eventually some type of safety net would, would appear. And that's, that's what's happened for me. Yeah. And what you explain is exactly why you have a million downloads, because you have put in my mind and from what I get from that, you have put the people first. And mm-hmm. what your mission is, is to help the people along the way. And mm-hmm. you mentioned about like one of my favorite movies of all time is The Pursuit of Happiness. And, and I'm a sucker for any story like that. What do you say to the guy and many of the people who are my audience, men of abundance, are people who are comfortable and they're they're not necessarily down and out like Chris Gardner was. Mm-hmm. at that time depicted in the movie and in real life and uh you know they're, they're they're comfortable in their job they're making good money they're sustaining their lifestyle but they just still feel like there's a little bit something more those yeah. people it seems to me anyway they're in a comfort level and mm-hmm. they're in the comfort zone and they don't feel either they feel they want to push forward or they don't feel the need to really push forward until something tragic happens like mm-hmm. a layoff or something to that near. how do you work with people like that yeah, so I have a couple coaching clients that I have, um, one-on-one coaching clients that I have. Uh, one of them makes $275,000 a year, and he wants to make $500,000 a year, and he makes that much money working a couple days a week. Um, I have another one that makes, you know, uh, he made $184,000 last year, and he wants to make three hundred this year. And so it's it's people who, and that's, that's actually one of the main challenges that I love the most, is that it's easy to motivate somebody who has nothing because they're trying to work their way up to at least have something. It's harder to motivate people who have a lot and they have enough money in the bank account and they have all of these things and they're comfortable. That's harder to motivate somebody. And so my personal way of motivating people um, and actually getting them to change their mindset is that I say, imagine your life never being better than it is right now. Imagine that your greatest moment of your life the, you know, like the, this is like the astronaut syndrome where, you know, the astronauts, they go out into space and they look back at this little tiny dot that you see so many pictures of and they hit like the, the ultimate part of human potential that you can get to. And then they come back to earth and a lot of them become alcoholics and drug addicts and they go into depression and a lot of them commit suicide and those types of things because they feel like they've gotten so far and that their best moments are behind them. And what I say to them is I say, cool, you're making, you know, $200,000 a year, whatever it is. Um, and it's what I always like to say is that money is just the, is just the monetary. Um, what is the the uh, it's the it's oh it's the quantitative representation of how much you're growing and where you are. So that being said, you can make two hundred thousand dollars a year. Cool, like it's it's a number. I'm I'm not impressed by how much money somebody makes, but if you're growing and continuing to get better. Your bank account is going to show that. Your bank account will never outgrow your personal development account. And so, how do you mot- motivate somebody? It's at that point where everybody who's listening to this, the reason why you listen to this is not because you feel like there's nothing more for you. The only reason why you listen to a podcast and this type of stuff is because you know deep down inside of you that there's something else that that you haven't, there's potential that you haven't actualized on. And I think that the most 
uh, the greatest tragedy in humans is not, you know, the, the greatest tragedy is not all of the shootings that you see on TV or it's not all of the, the terrorism and it's not all of the, you know, the crazy tsunamis that come through or the hurricanes that destruct all these places. Those are all tragedies. But the greatest tragedy, in my personal opinion, is someone who has potential that they haven't lived up to. Like unused potential is, in my personal opinion, the greatest tragedy in the world. And so people who are out there that are in their comfort zone have to realize that at the end of their life, they're going to get to it where they have the last couple days or the last week or whatever it is. And I don't want to be 90 years old sitting in my rocking chair and going, man, I wish I would have done more. I wish I would have become better. I wish I would have you know, seen what I really could have been. And for me, the pain of hard work is nothing compared to the pain of regret of getting to the end of my life. And, and that's my biggest fear is getting to the end of my life and, and having some sort of regret. So in order to get out of your comfort zone, if you're in a comfort zone, you're making good money, you're getting by all of these things, the way to do it is exactly the same way that they do in the pursuit of happiness. He hit rock bottom. So if, if you want to go further and push yourself more, where you are needs to mentally be rock bottom. Like it needs to be absolutely unacceptable to be where you are anymore if you're trying to get better. You know, if you made $50,000 this year and your goal is to make more and to get better, even though you got by and you're still alive with $50,000, if you make anywhere near the exact same amount of money that you did last year, it should be an absolutely holy crap moment. What am I doing with my life? Because once again, it's just numbers, but it's a quantitative representation of how much you're growing. And the only thing that really makes a human happy is progress, progress in your relationships, progress in your, your family, your marriage, your business, your bank account, all of those things. And if your bank account is growing, it's showing that you're actually growing as well. And so if someone's in the position where they're listening and they're comfortable and they're sitting in the same spot year after year after year, because we all know someone who makes the same amount and they don't progress year over year over year, where you are needs to feel like rock bottom. Like it needs to be a legitimate pain in your mind to still be in the exact same position when this year ends. Um, and so you're not at rock bottom, but mentally you can make it feel like you're at rock bottom. And then you just hit that point where you make a decision say enough is enough. I have so much more potential inside of me that is not being used and I'm not going to get to the end of my life and regret and wish that I would have done more and wish that I would have helped more people or whatever it might be. Yeah, I love that. And you said it right there at the end is, is helping more people. Because mm -hmm. when you talk about the greatest tragedy in human life is those that go to their grave and never see their full potential. In my mind, for me, that's because of all of the people that you could have touched and improved yeah. their lives along the way. You, mm -hmm. you were just, to me personally, it's, it's just selfishness. And I know that takes it a little bit too far in some people's mind, but that's my mentality. That's for me. Mm-hmm. With the information that I have and the connections that I have and the people that I can connect you to whoever or, you know, just connecting people in general, it's my mm -hmm. responsibility to do that. And if I don't do that, then I'm being selfish. And I have that scarcity mindset, which is the opposite of what Men of Abundance is all about. And that's why I love having people on the people are like, well, why would you promote another podcast that's similar to yours? Well, because I'm an abundant leader. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, nobody's going to take anything from me. I'm not trying to be better than Rob. I'm not trying to be yeah. better than John Lee Dumas. I'm not trying to be better than, than Pat Flynn. I'm trying to be different. I want to be me and mm -hmm. I want to be who I am. And the people that resonate with me will hang out with me. And the people that resonate with Rob will hang out with Rob. Mm -hmm. And so I don't worry about that. I let that go wherever it wants to go. But I feel great when I'm 
helping other people reach their full potential. Mm -hmm. And so let's talk about the motivation piece because your podcast, MWF Motivation, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Motivation, so you know what MWF stands for, Men of Abundance. Um, for me, I've always, I used to always be this thing, you got to motivate people as a, as a, as a NCO, as a non-commissioned officer in the United States Army, we were always mm -hmm. told, you got to motivate your soldiers, you got to motivate your troops. I said, I can't motivate anybody to do anything they don't want to do. Mm -hmm. But what I can do is show them a reason why they may want to take this route. <laughs> yeah. Like you're doing. And, and I, so I'd like to hear what your point is on that. Yeah. I mean, one of, one of the, the things that really drives me the crazy, my, you know, my biggest fear is that I'm going to live, get to the end of my life and, and have unused potential. And so I remember, I mean, it's, it's, if there's that stereotypical phrase of the thing that keeps me up at night, the thing that I think about more than anything else every single day is the fact that there's so many people that are so amazing, that are so talented and they don't realize it and they don't ever actualize on it. And it's like all of the world's problems could easily be fixed if people started actually just taking time and working towards themselves. Most, most people get in, like we were saying, in that comfort zone where they just sit there and they stay, they find a place they're comfortable. And it's like Ben Franklin says, most people die by 25, but they're not buried until 75. They just find a comfort zone mm -hmm. and they stay there. And that's, that's really all that it is. And honestly, it's, it's the hardest thing to say, but just I've come to realize that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. I can teach somebody all of the things about how their mind works, like because I'm not, I'm not the person that's just like, hey, you can do it. I, I believe in you. Like that's that's not the type of person I am. I'm the person that wants to dive into your mind and what holds you back and figure out your paradigm, figure out your worldview, figure out how it's you know how it's tinting what you see and try to help you maximize your potential. But if someone by me working through these things, it's going to do nothing unless someone wants to do the work themselves. And so in all honesty, I wish there was a great answer for you. There's really not. Somebody has to want it themselves. And the, the, they have to have a strong enough why to get up off the couch. And the thing about it is we live in a world of instant gratification. I remember when I was a kid, if we were sitting around and someone's like, man, I wonder how far you know, the earth is from the moon. And then everyone would be a little kid and they're like, uh, I don't know. And then we'd be like, all right, well, I guess we'll never know. Like that's, that, that, that's the way the world used to be. We'd be like, well, maybe we could go to a library and try to figure it out and look at an encyclopedia. Um, but that's, it, you can't do that anymore. Like I could literally just talk to my phone right now, say, okay, Google, how far is the sun or how far is the earth from the moon? And it'll say 93 million miles, right? Like I can find this out instantly. So people are so used to instant gratification now. But that's not how success is made. You don't become successful by instant gratification. People say they're lazy. Oh, I can't do that because I'm lazy. Well, I think all humans are inherently lazy because if you think about 20,000 years ago, you know, it's, it's really hot in Austin, Texas, where I live right now. Right now, you and I would be sitting in the shade doing nothing because it would be so freaking hot, we wouldn't go out. The only time we'd go out and actually hunt or do whatever we needed to do or farm would be in the mornings and at the end of the day. And that was it. So humans are inherently lazy. So to say that I'm a lazy person is just saying, hey, I breathe like every other human. That's, that's the way that I see it. If they say I procrastinate, well, of course you do. Everybody, that's, that's natural, I believe, in people's minds. So that being said, if you really want to find a way to get up and be motivated, it's hard to if you're living in instant gratification. It's easier to sit down and eat bonbons and watch Netflix right now than it is to get off your butt and start working for something that might come in 10 years. 
So if somebody really wants to be successful, they need to take their mind out of instant gratification and realize that nothing great has ever been built overnight and, you know, or a couple months. Some people build a business and they don't make money or they lose money in the first couple months and they think, well, this isn't for me. Like it takes years sometimes to build a great business. And so if someone can learn to live in delayed gratification, if they find a why that's so strong that they can say, okay, yeah, I really want to do this because I want my family to be better in 15 years or I want to be able to put my kids through college in 15 years, whatever it might be. Um, and they can live in delayed gratification and suffer now. Well, then that's when they really start. It's like, it's the exact same thing of changing your life where Muhammad Ali says, you know, I hated every minute of training, but I told myself suffer now and live the rest of your life as a champion. Most people can't do that. They can't suffer in the moment in order to have delayed gratification years down the road. So that's, that's the easiest thing is that I can't, I can't make somebody want a better life, um, but I can help somebody if they're, they're on the mission to, to trying to have a better life. Yeah, and that's shown, it's proven time and time again with multiple courses. And this was one of the things that I had a problem with for quite a while is that I was a course junkie. I would buy every course and every course mm -hmm. worked for many people, mm -hmm. but it's just like a book. There's a statistic out there somewhere that says something like 90% of the books purchased aren't even read. Yeah, They're just bought, <laughs> purchased, crazy. and put on the, on the shelf. They're not even read. And it's the same with most courses. It's the same with people that start colleges. It's something like 45% mm -hmm. drop out. Before, they may go back later, but initial entry students into college will drop out. Have you ever seen the study? There was a study that I saw and I read about, about these. Um, they had some toddlers in a room, and they put down some marshmallow treats in front oh, of them. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they said, okay, if you don't eat the marshmallow, when I come back... In 15 minutes or five minutes or whatever it was, it was probably five because five minutes to a child like that is like two hours. Right. And, and they said, if you don't eat the marshmallow, then I will give you two marshmallows. Mm -hmm. But few of the kids could, <laughs> could wait. They right. wanted an instant gratification. They could not wait for the two marshmallows. Those that did years later, now this study went on years, they went back and looked at these children as adults. And the children who practiced delayed gratification... In their later on in their adult life, were doing much better financially, relationship-wise, mm -hmm. just in general in their entire life, mm -hmm. because they practiced delayed gratification as opposed to the ones who were instant gratification, were broke, their relationships were broke, their they were in dead end jobs or they weren't working at all and they had no money in the bank, mm -hmm. hadn't been to college, so on and so forth. So yep. there is a lot to be said for delayed practicing delayed gratification and you're absolutely right we have everything at our fingertips right now if there's one thing we don't have a shortage of it is information <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> what we have a shortage of is action yeah absolutely yeah i uh I, that's i actually saw this statistic not too long ago it was actually a couple weeks ago where they said that some an average person spends a thousand to two thousand dollars on an online course 72% of them don't even open it up for the first 30 days. Mm -hmm. And that's crazy because it just shows that people want instant gratification. And what they want is a tempor temporarily to get away from what the, you know, they, from where they are now, the, the opportunity to, to possibly in the future have some type of success. But then when they figure out that they have put work in, they, uh, they change their mind. And, you know, they think that by just paying the money, their life is going to change the life isn't going to change by acquiring information because we all know people who have degrees falling off the walls, but they can't be successful. They're all educated, but they can't figure out a way to be successful. So um, the reason why is because they just they have a paradigm that they can't fix 
and uh, they need to figure out what it is. And then also at the same time, they need to put the work in and uh, you know, hope that later on down the road, they might get some success from it. Yeah, and unfortunately, there's a lot of, um, how do I put this? I don't know if the word unscrupulous is right, but uh, crooked marketers out there who take advantage mm-hmm. of that psychology. Mm-hmm. And they say, you can earn a million dollars in 60 days sitting on the beach. Gary Vaynerchuk just did a, just posted a video about this today. Yeah, I saw that. You saw that? It was amazing. Uh-huh. And, I, and I saved that one, and I'll be using that later. Uh, and it, he was spot on. Everybody says you're going to make millions of dollars sitting on the beach or while you're sleeping and so on and so forth. And there's a very small percentage of people who are doing that. But even those that are doing that, it took them years to get to that point. It took them a right. lot of hard work. It took them a lot of personal development, a lot of you know putting systems in place, a lot of money in some cases to put systems like that in place. Mm-hmm. And you can recreate a, a passive income like Pat Flynn's passive income. You can create a passive income, but it still takes work. Mm-hmm. And, and as soon as, like you said, as soon as they're in 30 days and they're, they're not making a million dollars, and they haven't even done anything, then they're like, well, this doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, <laughs> the same is true for college. When you get into college and a lot of people quit right away because they feel that they're not doing well enough in it or they don't see any return on it. And even after they do graduate, they don't see a return on it. You know, mm-hmm. so, But that's, that's an acceptable um, strategy in our society today as opposed to going out, hiring somebody, a mentor, somebody like yourself who mm-hmm. is – where you want to be in life, doing the things you want to do in life, paying for their coaching and their time to mm-hmm. learn what you're exactly what you're doing and being mentored. To me personally, depending on where you want to go in life, if you want to be mm-hmm. a doctor, Rob Dial's not going to be able to help you. No, okay, I, I if you want to be an attorney, be right? Because you need that education. I got, I got that. But if you want to do what Rob is doing, Men of Abundance, and if mm-hmm. you want to do what other people, somebody else is doing pay them for their time or work mm-hmm. with them for free so figure out a way to get their knowledge and i personally think that's a better payoff than an mba that's just mm-hmm. oh my, and, absolutely and i've heard this i've heard this from people who have mbas i have a bachelor's degree in business administration and considering getting my mba for personal reasons but i know people who have an mba and people who don't and even those that have an mba and have their own business say nothing that i learned in my mba helps me in my personal business Mm-hmm. Maybe a few things, but on on a grand scale, from the cost of it, not so much. Yeah, no, I I, I mean I was I was lucky enough to. And it's odd to say this, but I was lucky enough to see you know when I was a younger twenty twenty two years old, whatever it was, um, that you know I realized that at the point of time that I was at in my life, where I was at in my life, that school is not going to serve me. And, uh, you know, it took me longer to go through school because I think I realized it, but never had the, the actual like idea, Hey, maybe I should drop out. And then I dropped out and it was for me personally, the best decision I've ever made. And, you know, some people, they need school. I was the type of person where it didn't do anything for me and, and actually held me back. And so I ended up taking the money that I would have put into school and put it into myself in ways that I wanted to learn. And, uh, and that's the thing that really, you know, is where my life started to change. And I said, well, I was going to put $10,000 into myself this, you know, next six months, these couple semesters. Why don't I do that through going through courses or, you know, I, my first mentor I hired, I paid 500 bucks a month at 19 years old. So I paid more for my first mentor, uh, <laughs> at 19 years old than I did for my actual, uh, rent of the place that I lived at. So, um, I was lucky enough to understand that or at least figure it out. 
Um, I don't know if I had the foresight or if it was just kind of like a following my gut. And, uh, and I, I personally believe that, and this isn't a pitch to hire me because honestly, I'm, I'm pretty much at the point where I don't, I don't think anybody else can hire me, but, um, cause I have so many people that are, I am working with, but it's just the, the fact where I say somebody needs to figure out some sort of way to find a mentor and whatever it is. Cause if it took, if they've been doing this thing for 10 or 20 years and you can pay them 500 or a thousand dollars a month to teach you all of the stuff that they've realized in the past 10 or 20 years and it'll save you 10 or 20 years it's 100 worth all of that and they'll shorten your learning curve completely so i uh, completely agree with you on that absolutely so we're at the point now in the show rob where we're going to pay it forward you ready for that i'm ready awesome hey men of abundance the difference between owning a job and owning a business is systems and some of you know what i'm talking about For those of you who want to own your own business or start some sort of a side hustle, I have something that I want you to take a very close look at that is built around systems. In fact, it's technology built around systems. And I'm very confident that this is something that you may be able to do while you're still doing your full-time job. And I kind of get the feeling that you might enjoy it as well. Hey, if not, no big deal. But I at least want you to take a close look at this. You can see what I'm talking about by going to the show notes of this show at menofabundance.com slash 023. Scroll down, click where it says HODO, H-O-D-O, click on that link and watch that video. And if that does get you excited at all, I don't want you to get caught up in the hype. I want to talk with you about it. I want to make sure that this is right for you and it's something that you truly feel that you can do as a side hustle. And then if you're ready to take the next step, I can get you into the system absolutely free for the next week so that you can take an inside look, see exactly what we're doing, and you will get to see firsthand how we are changing the face of business and the travel industry forever. So either go to the show notes of this show at menofabundance.com slash 023 or go to menofabundance.com Click on the resources tab and scroll down to where it says HODO, H-O-D-O. Watch that video and then let's talk. Now let's get back to the show. So give men of abundance one to three actionable steps that they can take today. Number one is exactly what we did. Wake up with appreciation. Uh, Number two is to find your why. Like why, you know, why are you doing what you're doing? What's the reason why you're doing it? Uh, Because if you're just saying, hey, I want to make $100,000 this year, just like what most people say, um, you're not, it's going to be very easy to not be motivated in the moment, but you're saying, you know, I want to make $100,000 this year because I want to put $20,000 into my son's college fund. Uh, that's going to give you much more motivation. So the second thing would be um, to do that, to find your why. And the third thing is that I would say is to start talking to yourself. And this is, this is an odd, <laughs> odd thing to say, but everybody talks to themselves in their head. Um, and a lot of people say really bad stuff to themselves. Their self-talk is just completely incorrect. I used to be the one that beat myself up all the time. And what I say is change the way you talk to yourself and talk to yourself in your head and, and use one to three really empowering phrases that you say to yourself. And every time I did this yesterday, I was walking through the airport. I gave a talk on Monday night, Tuesday, yesterday when I, I was in the LA airport. Tuesday, I was on my way back to Austin. And I was walking through the airport and realized that it's just a habit for me. I was saying empowering things over and over and over again with every single step that I had. And so I would say start talking to yourself and empowering yourself um, as you're doing things and uh, it'll completely change your life and your paradigm your your world will start to your outside world will start to match and your results will start to match the way that you talk to yourself I do want to chime in on that right there because talking to yourself does sound kind of weird when you put it mm-hmm. when you say it out loud and when you hear it from somebody else I want you to talk to yourself but you just 
explained what most people don't think about. They already talk to themselves, but they're saying the the bed. They're, they're looking in the mirror and saying, "I'm so fat," or mm-hmm. you know, "I wish I could you know had done better on that project at work," or you know, "I know Jim is going to get the promotion instead of me because he's this and I'm not and blah 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 mm-hmm. and I'm not educated whatever." You're already talking to yourself. Just change the mm-hmm. just change change the dialect, change the words that you're using. Yeah. What I always say is you can't, people get down on themselves and are trying to change this, but um, what you have to realize is like you can't get mad at yourself if, you, if you're not getting good at it, but you, you can't change your first thought, but you can always change your second thought. So if your first thought is negative, immediately change it to positive and, you know, use them. If you, if you have one negative thought, say 100 things, like say one phrase 100 times over and over and over again, that's more empowering than that negative thought in order to make sure that you change what you're really thinking about. Excellent. What daily habits make the biggest impact in your life, Rob? What daily habits make the biggest impact in my life? Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest thing that I think really helps me is, is that, that I've been doing the past six months, like I told you, is waking up and legitimately working with a morning routine every single morning. I have the exact same routine, but the very first thing that I start my day off with is just figuring out a way to be in like a great state from the very beginning from when I first wake up and be excited and be happy from the second I wake up. Not because all our life is all habits, right? The very first and most important habit is to wake up happy and to wake up excited. And it's hard to do at first. Once you start doing it over and over and over again, you'll realize that it really starts your day off completely different because people just think that waking up is waking up. Waking up a certain way is actually a habit. And so I, I make sure that from the very second I wake up, um, you know, I switch my alarm clock from like the, the, the slow, loud, scary alarm that's like the crappy one that comes on my phone to a song that makes me want to dance. And so I get up and I literally want to dance from the second I wake up. And it, it just has changed my whole worldview from the very second that I wake up. That makes me laugh, actually. And I like that idea. It, it's yeah. wonderful. Because I, I don't know what it is. I always wake up with a song in my head. Usually, and most yeah. mornings I wake up with a song on my head, and this morning I was singing it out loud. I love that. What book would yeah. you recommend to our men of abundant leaders and why? Um, the number one book that I recommend to everybody is Think and Grow Rich. And uh, the reason why is because I really just honestly think that that's the best self-help book ever written. It was, it was the one that really changed my life because I realized that in order to be successful, it wasn't like just something that accidentally happened. It was something that if you if you do it, and you work hard at it, and you figure out the steps are to be successful, anybody legitimately can become successful. And it's the truth. And even 100 years later, there's still the exact same, all of the things that are, all of the words that are in that book are still true today, around 100 years later. So um, I love that book, and I recommend it to everybody. And then the, the, the one thing is the one I recommend right after that one. Yeah, I love both of those books. And the one thing is, more much more modern book and I, I definitely I've read that book and I have it on audio same with Think and mm-hmm. Grow Rich Think and Grow Rich is a book you have to study it's not a oh, book yeah. and it actually explains how to read the book at the beginning of the book but it is a book to study and I have that one of course on in hard copy and in audio as well and I do like to refer back to that one quite a bit and I will have those the links to those books uh, in the show notes at menofabundance.com forward slash zero two three so you can go there and check that out. So, yeah, you're going to be a Friday episode, so we are going to pay it forward. Uh, and, 
Rob, what I do is at the end of the 12 month anniversary of Men of Abundance, mm-hmm. what revenue that we do generate, if we do, because right now we are not, but what mm-hmm. revenue we do generate, those that I afford the opportunity on Pay It Forward Friday to mention a charity, we'll be able to mention mm-hmm. a charity that we would be able to give to on your behalf. Do you have one in mind? I do. Um, actually, it's funny funny that you asked this question right after my last answer, um, because I work with Jay Papasan's charity, a charity that he's he's part of, which is Jay Papasan wrote the one thing, because yeah. um, he lives in Austin and I'm I'm a part of it. And the charity is called Heroes for Children, and Heroes for Children is a charity that um, gives financial support to families of children who have cancer, and uh, you know I'm I'm part of their committee, and you know I, I've been to their their events and it's just it's crazy i mean so they just give financial support to these people and how much it costs i mean there was one lady who was there and it, it cost her she wanted to see her son in the hospital every single day and it cost her 17 dollars a day just for parking and it's like those types of crazy things if you think about it that's like 450 500 bucks that it's going to cost her just to go park her car and so if you start thinking about those types of things it really adds up and there's a bunch of little expenses so here's for children is the the one that i support the most that sounds amazing. I I knew about Jay Papazon, of course, because of his book, but I did not know he was doing that. Somebody I definitely want to get in touch with, absolutely. So mm-hmm. what does living a life of abundance mean to you? Um, <laughs> to, to not live in scarcity anymore. I lived my life in scarcity for a long time because I was really poor. And, you know, there was times where my mom was, you know, she told me last time I was home a couple of months ago, probably actually a couple of weeks ago, um, that when she was telling my aunt this, and I happened to be there and overhear it, but she was talking about how she got rejected for food stamps when I was a kid um, because of the fact that she had a car. And so what she did was she got a job at a grocery store because she found out that the grocery store, as food is about to expire, right before it expires, like the day of, they give out the, you know, they give if people at the grocery store who work there want food, they give it to them. Um, so that's how we were fed for a while. And so with that being said, obviously I, you know, having these types of things and realizing how poor we were, I knew how poor we were when I was a kid. It, I wasn't a dumb kid. Um, I had a scarcity mindset. And when I was able to fix my mindset from, from scarcity to abundance and realize that, you know, there's a surplus of money in the world and there's a surplus of everything and love and happiness and abundance and oxygen, and all of these things. And if you think of the world that way, what you'll start to do is you'll start to notice all of the abundant things that are around you. If you think in scarcity, you'll always notice how there's not enough of whatever it is. So um, my answer is very easy. The, the, the abundance thing that I will tell you is to, to stop thinking of scarcity. Stop saying that you're not enough. Stop saying that there's not enough money. Stop saying that there's not enough whatever it is um, because there's more than enough out there for whatever it is that you want. There truly is. There absolutely is. So we're going to close this up. And before we do, I'd like for you to leave us with a parting piece of guidance and any way that we can get in touch with you and anything that you're excited about and you're working on at this point. Yeah. Um, well, I'm most excited about the fact that I leave for Italy um, for two weeks in a couple of days. Uh, so that's that's what I'm most excited about right now. What are you going to be doing in Italy? You just going on vacation? Yeah, my girlfriend and I are traveling over there. I've she's never been. Uh, it'll be the third time that I've been there. Two years ago, I took my mom uh, over to Italy. So we're going to be going to travel around Italy. We're going to go to Paris real quick and then fly back a few days later and go back to Italy and. We'll be over there for a couple of weeks, and so that's what I'm most excited about. With that, most excited about with my business is uh, is I'm starting to see changes in people's lives, and and the th- the thing that I'm really most excited about is the fact that that I'm figuring out how to, as odd as it sounds, I'm figuring out and getting better at <laughs> at figuring people out. Um, I think I've always been good at it, but I feel like I'm on a level that has really gotten 
deep in the past few months and I'm starting to see a lot of changes in, in my group coaching and my one-on-one coaching. And that's, that's what I'm most excited about right now. And the, the parting thought that I'll give to people, um, is just simple. Like the thing that, that really helped me out the most was that realize that happiness is not a destination. Uh, I always thought that if I get to X amount of dollars in my bank account, or if I, you know, get a girlfriend that I am in love with or long with long enough, uh, I'm with her long enough that I'll be happy or these types of things. And, and it was always like a destination that I had to hit. And then I realized that I'm a competitive person. So I'll never actually get to that destination because I always keep pushing myself. And, you know, if, if you think of it that way, well, then your happiness is going to be like chasing the horizon. The closer you get to it, the further away it keeps moving away. And so what I've come to realize is that I'm happy by looking back in the rearview mirror and seeing how far I've come and seeing my progress every single day. Um, and so what I would say for everybody there is stop looking ahead and trying to search for your happiness. Look behind you, realize how far you come and find your happiness in how much you've progressed. Beautiful. I love it. And how can we get a hold of you? Um, if, however you listen to podcast, it's MWF motivation. Like you said, it stands for Monday, Wednesday, Friday, because, uh, they're about 10 to 15 minute episodes and it comes out Mondays, Wednesdays, and Friday. So MWF motivation. And then if anybody wants to reach out to me in any sort of way, um, any questions that maybe I said something where you're just like, I need to know more information on it. Um, I send a lot of emails and, um, message people back whenever I get a chance. It's just Rob at MWFmotivation.com. Outstanding. Awesome, Rob. I appreciate your time, man. And I know you're going to have an excellent time in Italy. I look forward to seeing those pictures. Do you Snapchat? I do. Yeah. I'm going to have to get it. It's it's at Rob Dial. It's very easy. So if you want to find me, it's R-O-B-D-I-A-L. I I will definitely get on Snapchat and and, uh, be watching you if you're chatting or snapping out there in in Italy. Oh, yeah. I definitely will be. Looking forward (laughs) to that, man. Awesome. Have an awesome day. Be safe on your trip. And uh, have fun. I appreciate all your abundance and... everything that you shared with us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, brother. This conversation with Rob was a great way to end another wonderful, abundant week, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, please share this podcast and share Men of Abundance with all the men in your life. And go to iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. Subscribe, rate, and leave an awesome review so that we can get found in the search engines. That way more men can find us and benefit from all of these amazing men of abundance. Now go out and live your life of abundance and make sure to pay it forward. Have an awesome weekend. Aloha. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.